Today we're continuing our new mailbag segment with some more real life scenarios to talk through. We're going to talk about alternatives to tail coverage, how many carriers you should get quotes from, and whether or not you should switch your coverage in the middle of an open claim. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. All right, so question number one in our mailbag today. Let's read it together. It says, I have given notice at my current job and I will be leaving to start my own private OBGYN practice in the coming months. I have received a tail quote from my current carrier, but I would like to look around for other options. Do I have to buy this tail or is there a cheaper way out of this arrangement? Okay, so this is interesting. Tail insurance is so expensive and a lot of times if you're not prepared for tail insurance, it can sneak up on you and it can be way more costly than what you realize. So we've talked about before how tail insurance is required with a claims made policy. It's not required if you have occurrence and in general, tail insurance is two times your premium. You know, so if you're paying twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year, your tail insurance is double that. So, you know, forty thousand to sixty thousand dollars for a tail. And that can be really expensive. So Option number one for our doctor is you can absolutely shop around. So you can get alternative tail quote options from other carriers. These are called standalone tails. So there are plenty of companies that offer this. Essentially, it's just a competitive way for you to look at other options. So you can either buy the tail from your issuing company or you can buy tail from someone else. But for this particular instance, we were actually able to work out something different. And that is he was able to walk away from this practice without having to buy the tail yet. And that's because he was able to just continue his claims made policy by getting a new carrier to continue his coverage with a claims made policy that included his prior acts. Now, he did have to get his former employer to agree to this, but essentially they were okay with it as long as he could show proof that he had secured a new policy that included all of that retroactive exposure. So really what this does is it just defers the need for tail insurance. So it just takes that retro date, pushes it forward to the new insurance company, and then you just continue on with your insurance on your own. So he was able to sever from the old group, start over, but continue with that retro coverage so he didn't have to buy the tail insurance to make the switch. So that's definitely something you should always consider and should certainly ask if your group or employer will allow you to do that. Sometimes they won't because a lot of times they just want a clean break and they're going to require you to buy that tail. But I would always ask because it's way cheaper for you to do a claims made policy with prior acts to continue your own insurance instead of having to buy that expensive tail and then start over. So that was the result of that particular inquiry. Okay, second question in our mailbag says... I am a new practice administrator for a plastic surgeon in New York State. I don't think the doctor has ever shopped around for malpractice insurance before, so I'm doing a little due diligence exercise for her to explore options. How many carriers should I look at to make sure we're getting a good idea of the market? Okay, so 
This is a really great question. And as a practice administrator that's new to the job, kudos to you. Um, I think it's always wise if the doctor hasn't shopped around in a while to definitely be looking around. So how do you make sure you're looking at the best options? How do you make sure you're not missing something? So first and foremost, you need to find an agent that's reputable, that knows what they're doing in the malpractice space, and that has access to the majority of the carriers. Because your agent is only going to be limited in what they can offer you based on the carriers that they have contracts with. So if you've got an agent that also does your life and health and they also do your disability insurance and they also do your workman's comp coverage and they dabble in malpractice insurance, that agent is probably only going to have one or two carriers that they have access to because they're a multi-line insurance agency and they're just juggling too many balls. So they're not going to have as wide a range of carriers as like an exclusive agency that only does medical malpractice. Those agents are going to have the widest range of options because that's only what they do, and so they've got access to more markets. So first of all, find an agent that's going to give you a wide range. Secondly, I would ask that agent to kind of give you a snapshot of the market. So this particular administrator is in New York State. So I would probably ask your agent, tell me about the malpractice carriers in New York. Who's the largest? Who are the most reputable? How many are there? And I would actually force your agent to do a little bit of research. They should know this if they're a good agent. They should know the best carriers off the top of their head. But ask them to kind of give you the lay of the land. Every state is so unique and so different from a malpractice perspective. And there are some carriers that will only write in some states and some carriers that won't write in others. So the New York landscape is very different than any of the other states in that area. And I would want you to make sure you have a really good handle on what the market looks like. And that way you can feel comfortable with whatever options they present to you. So in terms of how many carriers you should get a quote from, I would say no less than three. But again, it really just depends on how many carriers there are in the marketplace. New York in particular doesn't have a lot of carrier options. So, you know, three is probably stretching it. Three is probably the most you're going to get. But in any other state, I would say three to five is probably the right number because there are plenty of national carriers that can do business in pretty much every single state. And so you want to make sure you get a good look at some national carriers, any state-specific carriers, or even any regional carriers that do a nice job in your area. So again, find a good agent, make sure they've got quality representation in terms of the carriers that they work with. Make them give you a market summary and then take a look at, you know, three to five carriers if you can to get a nice glimpse of what's happening in the market. All right. Last one today is question number three. And it says, we just received the renewal notice for our malpractice insurance and our rates have gone up significantly. I would like to shop around, but we have an open claim at the moment and the doctor is worried about making a switch while the case is open. What do you recommend we do in this situation? All right, so this is kind of a sticky situation, but it's often not as difficult as doctors think that it could be. So first and foremost, you need to take a look at your policy and you need to look for one thing in particular. You need to figure out what the trigger is for your policy. There are two different types of triggers that you can have. You can have a written demand trigger or you can have an incident trigger. Now, most of the really good A-rated high quality insurance carriers will be incident trigger carriers. And what that means is that that coverage triggers whenever there's an incident. 
So even if there hasn't been a formal claim filed yet, if there's been an adverse event or you suspect that something might come of it, you can report it to the carrier as an incident. They'll go ahead and make a file for it. And then if something happens down the road, even if it's six months later, two years later, five years later, that carrier is responsible because you've already reported it as a potential incident. Incident triggers are the best coverage you can get. They're much more broad, much more flexible. If you have the other type of coverage, which is a written demand policy, that means that policy only covers you if there has been a actual written demand made against you. Meaning, even if you know something bad happens, if a formal claim has not been written and you haven't been served yet, that policy actually hasn't even activated yet. So find out if you have an incident trigger or a written demand trigger first before you decide if it's okay to look around. Let's just say you have an incident trigger policy, which again, most of the really good ones are incident triggers. If you've already reported that claim and it's already open with a carrier, then they own that claim. There is nothing that they will get them off the claim if you switch insurance, nothing happens. That claim is their responsibility and they will take care of it for you whether or not you're still insured with them. And I always tell doctors this too, it's in the carrier's best interest to do a good job on that claim regardless of whether or not you're a customer of theirs because at the end of the day, they're the ones paying the bill. So they're going to want it to be resolved positively. They're going to want it to be resolved for as less money as possible. Um, so it's definitely not a disservice to you if you do dis decide to shop around or even make a move while you have an open claim because again, they still own it and they're on that claim regardless of what happens. If you've got that written demand trigger and you haven't yet had a formal claim filed, you probably need to stay put until that has been resolved. But again, if you have had a formal written demand made and a claim has been made to the carrier, they are on that claim. And you can switch at any time and it's not going to make a difference. So I always tell people to kind of proceed with caution if you do have an open claim. I mean, look, if your rates have gone up significantly, I think you should shop around. But part of the exercise in shopping around needs to be that you take an assessment of what kind of policy you have today. So that way you can really understand if there would be any possible ramifications if you were to leave early. So again, check around the market, definitely shop around. You might ultimately decide that you're more comfortable staying put, but if you've done your work, then you kind of know what the market looks like. Once the claim is resolved, if you want to switch at that point in time, you can. But if you find a better option and you find out that there's no limitation for you to leave, even though you have an open claim, you should be able to do so freely. If you have any questions on these topics or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. And please don't forget to give us a like and leave a review. Your feedback and support helps us to reach more people. And we're so grateful for your clicks and your kind words. And if you'd like your question featured on our next episode of Mailbag, go ahead over to our website and click the link where you can enter your inquiry and I might be able to answer it for you at our next segment. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.